Hello and welcome to the Cat Mom Podcast, the podcast where moms support other moms like drunk girls in a bar bathroom. I'm your host, Maggie Samiklahey, and no, I'm not a professional. I'm just a mom trying to do her best. Hey guys, welcome to the Cat Mom Podcast. It has been a while. Um, I thought it was like, you know, a couple of weeks and then I realized that it's been over a month um, since we've had a new episode. So apologies on that. Um, shit really hit the fan over here. Um, our child care for the summer, which was supposed to be my dad, decided to um, just not do it uh, two weeks before it was supposed to happen. Um, and we are contemplating moving. Um, and we changed our mortgage in Canada. Every five years you have to switch up your mortgage. Um, so we were doing that and we had to switch banks, which was just a, an absolute gong show. Um, and yeah, just trying to have a life and my two children who don't want to sleep. So tonight I said, F it, it's 6.30 and we gave the kids some melatonin and they are both out, out at eight o'clock, which is like a massive win. So I actually have some time to record. Um, it is Riley's seventh birthday today. You know what's really dumb is the fact that we don't celebrate moms on the kids' birthdays. Like, Usually for the first birthday, I just give the moms like some booze. I'm like, you don't need any more onesies. You need some booze. Congrats to you. You pushed out a human being and kept it alive for a year. But it's some bull crap that like, hi, I spent however many hours in so much pain and pushing you out of my vagine and like nothing. It's, abs- it's absolutely nothing. I'm the person doing all the work on your birthday once again and getting everything ready and doing all the work and you are just being rude to me and like complaining about stuff. So I don't think this is fair. Just going to put it out there. I really don't think this is fair. I think that moms um, deserve uh, more credit on the birthdays because hello, I've kept this child alive for seven years now. Also, I have one of those like raised, I don't know if it's like, like a taste bud at the tip of your tongue, you know, when that happens and I just, it's driving me absolutely insane. So hopefully I'm not insane by the end of this podcast. Um, This podcast is actually going to be about questions submitted by listeners to the cat moms and I'm just going to read out all the answers so you can have sort of an idea of the different um, places that all the cat moms are coming from. Um, As well, before we get started, I would like to do two big announcements. A, we've had over 600 listens. This is amazing. Like, it's just my little baby podcast. This is really my passion project. I really didn't expect much out of it to do it. And to have like over 600 listens is just honestly so amazing. And I hope the podcast has helped you. It feels 
kind of like therapy for me whenever I'm talking to someone else about parenting. So I hope that it makes you feel less alone. I hope that we've made you laugh um, and we'll hopefully continue to do so. Um, So yeah, I'm really, really proud of 600 listens. I mean, it might not be a lot to some people, but for me, it means the world. So thank you. Um, Second big announcement is we have a new Patreon uh, named Georgia. Georgia on my mind. I would sing, but my voice is not happy today. Um, Georgia was one of my coworkers back in the day when I was pregnant with Riley. And I, I don't know if she remembers this, but I remember when I was like getting ready to like have a baby and I was just like, I don't know, like, like what I'm going to do. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm so worried about everything. And Georgia said to me, she was like, I wish that you were my mom. And honestly, that made me feel like, okay, I've got this. Like somebody else would want me to, to mother them. And that honestly made me feel so good. So Georgia, I've always kept that in my my little heart. Um, so thank you for saying that at that time. And thank you for listening. And thank you for being a Patreon. It's so amazing. Um, again, if you guys want to join Patreon, we're at patreon.com slash the cat mom podcast. Um, I'm hoping to start to do just sort of random topics, sort of like mini episodes over there where I just talk about random shit that is not related to parenting. Um, and we're still doing keychains. So please join our lovely Patreon world. I'm trying to make it a little bit more fun, have some extra content that's like exclusive on there. Um, so yeah, if you want to come join the podcast and help support it financially, please go to Patreon and become a patron. All right. So we're going to start with the very first question. I asked the Patreons and I asked on my Instagram followers the questions that they wanted asked. So these are y'all's questions. So the first question was, how do you deal with going back to work, having a baby and being exhausted? So the first comment came from Steph, who's been on the podcast. We love her. You love her. She said, you were just exhausted all the time. LOL. For real though, my best recommendation here is a desk that transitions from sitting to standing. When I was exhausted, I would use the stand function or take some walks around the hallway to keep myself awake and alert. Other things that are key, making sure that you get a few days a week where you have continuous sleep of five plus hours. This is important for working, but also important for mental health. My psychiatrist prescribed two to three days of five hours of consecutive sleep, even in the newborn days, suggesting that I needed to sleep in a different room with a sound machine and darkness and have my husband 100% on baby duty those nights. Easier with formula feeding or pumping, obviously, but they, this made a huge difference versus getting interrupted getting interrupted sleep daily. Having a conversation with your team about priorities and working schedules is helpful. My team is full of very understanding people, so I was very honest with what I was working with, especially with my COVID baby who had to stay home with me. Here are my working hours. Here is one I will absolutely be offline with my kids. Here are the projects I can take on. Here are the ones that I can't take on. 
Also with work, when you have small kids, you might have to accept that this is the time that your career momentum is paused or stagnant. I've made the trade-off that I don't expect or work for career advancement right now because I'm focusing on spending time with my kids outside of work and not taking on extra projects. When they're older, this may change, but for now, I'm focusing on doing a good job during my working hours, but clearly setting boundaries on my time and energy. This is such an amazing, well-thought-out comment. Um... It's so true. Like, I feel in my 20s, like, I was so pumped for my career. I was like, yes, like, I'm going to go all the way with my career. I'm going to do everything. I'm going to network with everybody. I'm going to get my way up the corporate ladder. And I did. And when I had a kid, my priorities really just changed. So, I mean, I got a really great job that I love now where I'm working just in administration Um, And I love it, but I also love the fact that it is a job that during my working hours, I work. And then after that, I'm completely disconnected from work. And my boss is very much so about that. She's like, do not check your email. Do not do anything outside of work time. Like, leave on time. Whereas in, you know, the retail world that I was in for like a decade, it was always like, well, who stayed the longest? Who, you know, who's working the most overtime hours, aka not getting paid, just staying later and just doing the most work. So I think that was a really big shift change. And I, I think it's, it's so important. Also having a boss that has kids is honestly life-changing. I've had bosses who have not had kids and they don't, they do not understand it when you're like, I can't come into work today because my kid just barfed all over me and like, I can't take them to daycare. Or when I had hand, foot and mouth disease at an old job and I was still told to come in, even though I had like sores on my feet. So I don't think that is, that's good. Um, Christina, who we love and was on the podcast, she responded to Stephanie saying, I don't have anything to add about going back to work, but yes to the sleep thing. This could probably answer the question about going from one to two. With Nico, I absolutely prioritized sleep because I knew how awful sleep deprivation could be. I made sure to get four hours of sleep every night, even if it meant giving formula. I'd go to bed between eight or nine and sleep until he woke up between one and two when he he was up between then, but Gary handled it. Gary's her husband. Then Gary would sleep from then until 6.30ish, and then I'd get a quick hour nap before he went to work. It was a game changer with sleep. Honestly, Ian and I did this too. We did a shift. We shifty shift with both kids, and honestly, like, it was one of the reasons why I loved going to Formula, because it allowed me to get more sleep, and it allowed the sharing of duties to be so much better. Um, a cat mom who I don't know if I'm supposed to use her name or not so I will use a random name and I will say Bethany said oh yes my husband and I handled the sleep thing better with more with more of this the second time it was easier because I wasn't breastfeeding but I made myself go to bed instead of feeling like my husband couldn't handle it he's always the night owl so he was on duty till midnight or one and then me afterward and then our, our British uh, cat mom said, living in a civilized country where you're not expected back to work for a year helps a lot with this. Amen. Um, this was also, yeah, it's amazing. Like Canada is 
I mean, we have our faults, but honestly, the maternity thing is amazing. And I don't know how y'all in the States do it. It is so brutal to moms. Um, I think that everyone should have a longer maternity leave, especially, oh my God, especially in the States. It's ridiculous. Um, also Bethany responded, not doing as much that first year, basically, basically kind of living in survival mood, less social or fun outings, less hobbies, less TV show watching. I went to bed a lot earlier. Personally, I just didn't do much beyond working, sleeping, taking care of baby. And that's for us chumps who live in America. Um, and then Kat, who we love so much, just wrote, just drink wine and cry a lot. And then the crying laughing emoji. Yes, yes to all of this. It is so true. I mean, honestly, I am like such an old lady and I am in bed by like 9 p.m. every day. Um, so yeah, amen to what Bethany said about... Uh, about uh, not having any hobbies and sleeping more. Um, all right. And the second question was, how was the adjustment to two kids versus one? Um, Michelle wrote, I may be in the minority, but I found it easier to transition from one to two than from zero to one, even though the bibis the bibis were so, so different. I feel like I was already in the swing of things. I also feel like I was still in a f in fight or flight from my first when my second was born. My first was still not sleeping through the night, mine too, and not at all independent. I think having another kid now with older kids would be a huge shock versus having kids closer in age because I was in the zone still. Amen to that. Oh my God, seriously. Um, I remember like Jackson was sleeping through the night at three months old and Riley was three and still not sleeping through the night. It was insane. Like I was just like, this is not normal to have your newborn sleeping through the night and having your toddler being terrible with sleep, which she always was since she was born. And now she's finally getting better and she's seven. So, so that's great. Um, Steph, who has been on the podcast, said, I agree with Michelle 100%. Christina said, so much easier than expected going from zero to one. I, f um, I felt like I lost my identity. Yeah. It was an absolute shock to my system. Adding a second kid was stressful, obviously, but it didn't have that effect on me. My second kid just kind of slotted into the routines I already had in place with my first. Now, my emotions regarding my limited time with my oldest child, that's a different story. Yeah, that's really hard. Um, I totally agree with losing your identity. I also felt this after I got married. Like, I really had this weird reaction to like actually getting married. Like I was very excited to get married. I've always wanted to be married. And then after I was married, I felt like I needed to be like a quote unquote wife. Like all of a sudden I needed to change everything. I don't know what was going on in my head or what was happening. Um, but yeah, I really felt this weird thing to be like more prim and proper because I was a wife. I don't know. I mean, and then I kind of just realized that I need to just stay my hot mess self, which has gone on to motherhood as well. Um, but yeah, you really lose your identity. I mean, and it starts when you're it starts when you're pregnant and you all of a sudden go from being like, you know, this 
you know, singular person to all of a sudden you're this pregnant person and like strangers are coming up to you and talking to you about the most random shit and giving you weird child advice. And it's just like all of a sudden your body is apparently public for public consumption and people will come and touch you and you're like, what is happening? Um, And it becomes more about, you know, the baby than it does about you. And then you have the baby and then it's like everyone forgets about you and it's all about the baby And you're kind of tossed to the side, like frazzled and like, who am I? I'm now just like this feeding machine for this baby. And like, I don't get to see my friends. I don't get to do the normal things I do. It's really tough going from no baby to having a baby. And I agree with the second, it really didn't feel like that much crazier. Like it was... It was also, it gave me time to really sort of cherish the newborn moments with Jack because with Riley, I just felt like I was so stressed all the time and I was worried about her gaining weight. Um, And with Jackson, I was just like really soaking in those like baby snuggles, really sort of enjoying him as a little chunky little baby. And it was so much less stressful than it was the first time. Um... But yeah, it's very hard dealing with the lack of time that you have with your first. And they can get very jealous. I mean, Riley really liked Jack at first. And then I think about at six months, she sort of realized that he wasn't going anywhere and that he was getting a ton of attention. And it has just been like enemies ever since. Um, so yeah, it's really hard with the amount of attention that you would have given your firstborn is now separated into two. Um, and that is a really hard, hard thing. Um, our British cat mom said, not nearly as traumatic as zero from one, but the biggest negative is no sneaky naps with the baby if you're on toddler duty. Amen. I was very lucky to be able to throw Riley back into daycare. I mean, I don't know what I would have done if I didn't have her in daycare when Jack was a baby because I needed those, whoof, I needed those naps, man. Like, no one's business because Riley was up in the night. Um, Penny said, we didn't really have a shock with any of them per se. The biggest shock was perhaps the first six weeks with my first. Thereafter, it was sort of fine. The only sucky thing was not having nearly as much time to do our own things. I feel like with my last baby, um, she's slotted in easily, mostly because we have grown extra arms and have minimal expectation for personal time. Crying, laughing face. It's so true. There's like there's uh, my expectation for personal time is ridiculous at this point it's just like (laughs) when I don't ever get it like it's when I'm on the bus in the morning like that's my personal time um Michelle said uh, back to Penny my mom always says that the third is the easiest because life already sucks (laughs) it's so true Oh my god. I mean, I don't have a third child, but like, oh my god. And then Penny wrote back, true story. I mean, life is beautiful with my precious little angels. 
Um, Bethany wrote, I also thought it was easier. I knew what to expect. I felt that I had a lot more grace for myself, um, that I didn't have high expectations that I did as a first time mom. The biggest thing was learning effective tag teaming laughing face and learning a new personality of a new human. Yeah, that is also very interesting is like seeing because because you just think like I don't know when I was pregnant with with Jack like I just sort of assumed that I was going to have another girl and she would just be like Riley and then Jack came out and he is like bipolar different from Riley and it's very interesting seeing their two little personalities um and seeing like the different things in the two kids that come from my husband and I like Jack is very much so like Ian, very chill, very like laid back, um, very like into routines. Whereas like Riley is just like a friggin' drama queen, a drama queen, and like is loud and is willing to say whatever, which is fuck. It's the same. It's the same with me. I'm not saying I. I. She is literally a, a mini me. Um, Kat said it was so much harder for me because I didn't have the downtime. It's still hard because I want me time and I barely get any until at least my littlest is in bed. Oh, I feel this so hard. Like I, like I said, I don't get any time. Ian and I really have focused on weekends, um, for having our own time. He likes to play ultimate frisbee. So he goes and does that on Saturdays usually, or Sundays now, maybe Sundays now. I forget the schedule. Sundays now. And so Saturday is my day to go out and do stuff. So we really sort of tag team with that. Um, And now that it's the summer, it's a lot easier because we can just take the kids out in our backyard or just take them to the park or whatever. Um, So that we've really sort of prioritized me time. But that also means that we don't get time together. So I don't know. You know what? I Please show me someone who knows how to do it all because I don't believe that anybody knows how to do it all. Um, next question was, how do you make friends as a new mom? And a cat mom who I don't think wants her name revealed. So I'm going to come up with a random name and it's going to be Sharon. I don't know where I'm getting these names. Bethany and Sharon they're not the greatest names. I should have thought of better names. Anyways, please don't hate me, cat moms, who I think don't want their names on this, but Sharon, this is a horrible name. This makes her sound like she's like 75. Okay, I need a, I need a cuter name. Um, Zoe. Zoe says, what are friends? <laughs> Amen. Um, Steph says, real answer, stalking your kids' classmates' parents. This is so true. Um, it was, I felt like it was a little bit harder for me with, um, classmate parents because I was not doing the drop-off or pickup. So Ian was doing both when Riley was in kindergarten. She had after-school care, so he picked her up from after-school care. Um, so I wasn't there at, like, you know, the drop-off where all the moms sort of, like, start talking or whatever. Um, so I really started to get to know the moms, um, in Riley's classroom just from birthday parties. And then I would end up starting to like chat with some of them and some of them I'm really close with now. Um, 
And I remember going to like the first birthday party that Riley had in kindergarten and I didn't know anybody there. And like, obviously I couldn't leave her there because it was like her first big birthday party after COVID. And I remember being like, this is like a weird first date. Like none of us know each other. We're all just like awkwardly sitting there. The only thing we have in common is our kids. And I was like on my phone the entire time. Um, and everyone else was too. Like nobody wanted to talk to each other. Um, and I remember Riley like totally ratted me out. We were like talking to my mom and I'm like, Riley, tell mom, like tell grandma, like what you, what you did on the weekend. And she was like, I went to my first birthday party and mom was on the, her phone the entire time. And I was like, cool. Thanks for ratting me out. Didn't feel like talking to anybody that night. I felt uh, was not feeling social and no one else was social, but honestly, like meeting parents through birthday parties has been a huge thing. Um, Christina said, swallow your pride and join a mom's mo- join mom's groups when you can. Maybe I'm an outlier, but I found it incredibly easy to make friends since having kids. At least for me, kids have forced me to be vulnerable, so it kind of speeds up relationships. Yeah, that's a really good, um, really good thing. Uh, my So my cousin was in town recently. She just came down from Australia, and she told me that, like, I guess when she gave birth um, to her daughter, who is now 12, um, and who also, like, had a big part in me becoming a mom, because when she was a little itty-bitty baby, she came to visit in Toronto when I was living there, and it was, like, over Christmas, so we were there as, like, it was, like, all the extended family was there, and um, for, like, a week, and I just remember taking care of her and, like, feeding her bottles and, like, burping her and like doing all that stuff with her and I just was like a she was like the most perfect baby and also she is the most perfect child like she is oh she is just like the most amazing most beautiful person um but yeah it really was like a moment in my life and I was in my early 20s um I don't want to do the math right now but early 20s mid mid 20s Anyways, um, I just had this moment of being like, okay, I really want to be a mom. Like I could really do this and really handle it. And I really love doing it. So, um, yeah, she was also a big part of me deciding to become a mom. Anyways, her mom and her were in town and her mom said to me in Australia when she gave birth to Zoe that the hospital like set her up with a mom's group with people um, around her age so that they could all come together like every week and talk. And she said she's still in contact with like 10 of them and they're like super close. So it is like a, it is like a cat mom's thing. um, But just in real life, oh my God, the concept of actually being friends in real life. Um, Another cat mom who I don't think wants to be named. Oi. How do I scroll up here? Um, So we are going to give her the name. God, I just, anytime that I start thinking of a name, it's just like a really old woman name. Um, Let's give her the name Blair. Um, She says, honestly, it's been so much easier um, since my first has been at school. It's been surprisingly easy to make really good mom friends that are classmates of my daughter and you know I'm an introvert and not going at all and I 
I think getting to stand outside at drop-off and pick up is a huge part of that, though, because if I was driving through the car rider line, I wouldn't get to chat with them. There you go. Right there. Bada-bing, bada-boom. Um, make mom friends. Don't be like me. Don't be antisocial and don't go to work super early so you can't drop off your kid and make some friends. Um, Andy, our lovely, lovely Andy, who was on the podcast said, I'm very chatty at parks and have gotten a few numbers that way. Uh, John makes fun of me for it. Also going to the same time of library stories or toddler open gyms. Oh, that's a good idea. Um, the hardest thing about friends, um, is my BFFs that also have kids, but since they work and I'm a stay at home mom, we have such a hard time getting together. You definitely have to be intentional about keeping your old friendships through big life changes. Yeah, it is really hard. Even if they are moms too, like it is, it is really hard. It's really hard to keep up with your friendships. And I was having a conversation the other day with um, my best friend, Alexa, and we were kind of saying like, really just we were, we were talking about just like energy and the energy that you have for people in real life. And we're kind of like, we could maybe have like max five friends in real life. And then otherwise it just gets too stressful because there's too much stuff going on. And then later in the day, later in the day, she mentioned that her dad's friends have been passing away. And then I was like, wait, maybe the five friend thing isn't good because we're going to need some more because people are going to start dying. Uh, that's macabre, but, uh, one of our good friends did die. Um, but yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's, um, I find it hard to keep up with people and I find it, even if I want to see those people, even if I love those people, it is so hard to figure out stuff with kids. Um, and just like the scheduling of it and all that stuff is, yeah, it's super hard. Um, Somebody who also, I believe, does not want their name on the podcast. Um, and I'm going to go with Mandy for her. Um, let yourself be weird slash uncomfortable. And remember, most other moms are in the same position. Go up to random moms that drop off and pick up and say, hi, I'm kid's name's mom. And nine times out of ten, you'll get a welping, welcoming reaction. Also, if you don't get a welcoming reaction, F that person. You don't want to be friends with them. If you figure out who the other kid's mom is, bring up them by name. Oh, are you Tucker's mom? And he talks about Tucker all the time. Again, almost always a positive response. Then uh, become a part of text groups with moms your kids play with. Plan mom's dinners with them. Reach out to them if you're struggling with something. If you do community activities, attend them. My biggest piece of advice, do the things. Don't stay at home all weekend or every day after school. I'm an introvert, but forced myself to do this and it resulted in the most wonderful community of moms. This is so me with my two moms on the street. We literally have a group chat that's like the, the real housewives of and then our like street name. Um, and we just chat all the time and just like talk about kids and we're just like, oh my God. Um, and we have nights out, we, ch we try to do dinners out together just to like reconnect and have time away from the kids. Um, we just did a weekend away, which was really, really fun. And we got very, very drunk and I might've vomited. Um, but it, yes, it's so important. And especially because we really bonded over the fact that our, all, all of our sons have autism. So we really bonded over that. But honestly, like these ladies are just the best of the best and they just make me laugh so much. So yeah, 
just just be a weirdo and talk to everyone. Um, Michelle said, this is a tangent, but I also really craved social interaction and friends in the early days. And now I just want to be left alone. (laughs) I feel this so much, Michelle, on like a cellular level. Oh my God. Um, Andy said, just now at McDonald's, this little boy wanted to sit with us at our big table and we were like, sure. And had the most fun ever. I felt awkward. And now I'm like, dang, I should have gotten her number. Um, and Mandy said, yes, I always volunteer to accompany kids at school events during the day when their parents are working. Like when they have lunch on the lawn, I always offer to adopt some extra kids to have lunch with us. So they have a mom to hang out with. Then when I see their parents were pretty automatic pretty much automatic friends. Um, oh, Christ. Who, what? Bethany, right. That was the name that I gave her. <laughs> Bethany said, I think it's really hard at daycares because you never really run into other parents a whole lot because of scheduling. No specific drop-off or pickup times. As the kids get old, go older, I would write up some small cards to other kids whose names I knew and write Hi, we're going to hang out at this playground on this day and this time frame and are inviting daycare friends to join us and write my number. We had a good turnout for that. More casual stuff like that is easier. Um, when my first was about 18 months old, I signed up at a local community center, actually in the city because our suburb doesn't have one, for a parent slash toddler art class. I met another mom there with a son the same age. It was on a Saturday and she was a working mom too and we became friends and still see each other occasionally. As the girls have gotten older, I felt like I can do more. So I joined a book club at my local bookstore and started volunteering at the elementary school. And now it's it's like I'm meeting community people, if that makes sense. One mom I've met is in my book club and the other and the parent volunteers and the one lives on her street. Oh, lives one street over. But I had not met her before. Also be willing to do stuff without your kids if you can swing it. It can be hard to have. It can be so hard to have real conversations with the kids around. That is so true. And also important for you to just be able to like talk about actual adult stuff with parents or just to be like, wow, parenting sucks. Do you agree? Yeah. Okay. Let's have some wine. Um, next question was, how do you t- find time for yourself? Um, the second cat mom who I gave a name to, and I think it was Sharon, and then I changed it to some, oh, Zoe. She said, what is time? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Christina said, when they're babies, time is a lot harder. For me, it was like, I took a shower without interruption, and that was my time. But it's a short phase, and then it's easier to carve out actual time. Um, Andy said, I can't remember what it was in... But I read something recently about how we tend to want the work balance to be fair with our partner, but we really should be making sure the rest balance the rest balance is fair. I think that's been helping me both with my own guilt that I'm not doing enough and resentment when I feel like I'm doing more. When the babies are super tiny, I wish I'd had the perspective to talk through as a team slash a unit. You're both exhausted and there's no margin for anything. For me, it was a lot of watching shows I liked or reading slash listening to books when I was feeding or holding a sleeping baby. So not exactly me time, but trying to carve out some pieces of me within the lack of time. 
A set monthly date night has also been something I wish we did earlier. Honestly, just pay a babysitter so you aren't dealing with family being available. Amen. Amen. Even if you just eat dinner, it doesn't have to be several hours or anything fancy. I really think having things scheduled is super helpful because otherwise time just gets away. That is so true. We have the loveliest neighbor who is so willing to look after our kids so we can have a date night. And have we organized that? No. We need to get on it. Um, Bethany said, I love that perspective of finding things for yourself while with your baby. And then she said, also reminds me of watching true crime docs on my mat leave with my youngest, her snoozing on my chest while I listen to tapes of a serial killer talking. Just FYI, in case that traumatized her in some way. And later on, we wonder why she is the way she is. <laughs> this was me. This was me. A hundred percent. I remember I have a video once where I had like, Riley was up super late and I just like brought her out for a little bit on the couch and we were watching Dateline and I was like, I asked her, I was like, who's the killer? And she just goes, mama. And I was like, dude, you are not on my team. Um, so yeah, probably she will, she will also, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll probably be on Dateline. I really hope it's Keith Morrison or, uh, the lovely Josh Mankiewicz would also love him to do my Dateline. Um, Bethany also said, I feel like this is, is only achievable with support from your partner or backup childcare. If it were a new mom, I re I'd really emphasize the need for that time early on, just so there's not a precedent set, but the mom is just always around. My husband is very supportive of me doing things outside the house and does not balk at me just putting things on the calendar. But if he wasn't overtly supportive or suggesting to himself, I'd have a really hard time doing it myself or forcing this issue. I've also had to tell myself it's okay to miss a bedtime or a Saturday afternoon, etc. I was hard on myself in the beginning that I was already missing a lot due to working. I don't regret anything, but it can be really hard to find a balance. Yeah, it's... Man. I remember at the... Like, right when we got home from the hospital, and I think it was like the second day that I was home, I was just like, I am going for a walk with myself, by myself. And I just, I walked from like our condo building, like down to the water and like just kept walking. And I was like, this is the first time in nine months that I've been completely alone with myself. And it was such a weird feeling, especially like after you've given birth and like you're no longer waddling and you can actually like, you know, be mobile and not in pain all the time. And I like really overdid it. And I came back and I was like, my stitches are not happy with me. So don't be dumb like me, but maybe just walk to a coffee shop and sit down. But honestly, like it was such a strange feeling to be finally like alone with myself and not have other people around, not have a baby crying at me, not have a baby in my tummy. And just being by myself was so nice. Um, and I really love that there is not a precedent set that mom just always does everything and making sure that she has time early on. It's so true. It's so, so true. Um, and then I asked, favorite cat mom moment or memory? 
And Steph said, for me, it was meeting up with Christina and Catherine in Fort Worth for lunch the first time and seeing our kids interact. Loved seeing how well they bonded just like us. And um, HJ and Jonas were both early IUGR babies. So we were able to chat a lot about our concerns in that area. And then when they were both be able to we're both able to come to Jonas's birthday the next year. Oh, I love that. Um, Christina said, Christina said, Michelle and I finding out we were pregnant the same day and then Andy finding out a few days later. And Andy said, I wish I had tested that day, but I was a coward. Laughing face. Um, It was so true. We were maniacs when everyone was trying for a second baby because everyone sort of started around the same time so I think our kids were like around two and three and like we were absolute maniacs like we would post like the like pregnancy strip and be like do you see a line and like we had Amanda who would like take a picture of it and like reverse it into like a black light and be like there's no line or like there's a line and then we just all be freaking out and it was like such a fun time because just people were getting pregnant like left right and center and people were finding out that they were pregnant on the same day and it was just it was so cute um I forget what name I gave her too god damn it I should have written this down um but one of the ones who wants to remain um Anonymous said, first meetup and getting to share in the joy and excitement of all pregnancy announcements and birth, even from thousands of miles away. That was also a thing when the when we would go into labor, like we would always post like, oh, my God, I'm in labor. And then like we wouldn't hear anything. And then we would be like, do we text the husband to find out like what's happening? Like we were just all on friggin pins and needles. And I remember I like Snapchatted Jack's birth when I was very very high and doing silence of the lambs impersonations and then there's another one where I have this like weird filter on my face if it is appropriate I will post it on the Instagram because I can't remember what I said because I was very very high but yeah um yeah I will definitely post that on um on Instagram um Andy said, impossible to choose, but funniest is probably when one of the cat moms who left um, thought she was pregnant and Megan said, does Carl know? His name wasn't Carl. (laughs) Kat said, I don't remember this, but it still made me laugh. And um, Bethany said, I barely remember it. Um... Am I remembering it right that Lauren thought she was pregnant and she was freaking out? And I said, but of course his said that, but of course his name isn't Carl. Maybe it was during her early morning run to the store. I feel like blank. That's his name, right? Traveled a lot for work. So maybe he wasn't home. And Andy said, yep, that's pretty much it. I think what got me was the juxtaposition of how well we knew each other and how we didn't know each other at all. Like, we have ovulation details, but can't remember anyone's real names. Uh. Oh, Kat says, oh, I feel like my brain went dead. There are a lot. I think Michelle going rogue and contacting her mom and her husband. I don't remember what this was. I'm going to have to figure out the story behind this. 
um, finding Aaron after, um, she who will not be named tried to delete her. That was, oh, that was a mish. We finally got her. Um, Bethany said, I just love the phase of us having our next babies and being so excited for one another. The announcements and the labor and delivery updates, the welcoming of new cat babies. Yes, that was, oh, that was such a fun time. Cat said, yeah, state of the uterus. So, <laughs> State of the uterus was mostly fun, which we shortened to S-O-T-U. Getting to keep up with everyone being pregnant again. And that is it. Oh, new fresh cat babies was just the friggin' best. What a great time to be alive when second babies are just being born and you're just excited for your friends. And now we're all jaded because we have uh, toddlers and... It's, I'm just going to drink some more of my drink. So there you have it. That was the first of, I'm sure there'll be plenty more of these ask, ask the cat moms questions. Um, hopefully I'll be better at names and I won't pick out like Bertha as a name. Um, yeah, this was fun. We should do it again. Absolutely. And if you guys want me to blabber on about any sort of weird topic for Patreon, um, for like a mini episode, maybe I'll throw some up on here as well if you guys are super interested. Um, just message me on Instagram at the Catmum Podcast, or you can email at the Podcast at gmail.com. Um, and just give me some topics to talk about. I could talk about a lot of things for a very long time and get very, very heated about it. Um, one of my coworkers suggested talking about Britney Spears and honestly, that would be like a two hour podcast. Like it would be, man, I get worked up. I, one time Ian asked me like why I hate Justin Timberlake and I gave him like, like, like a university graded paper on why he is the worst. Um, so yeah, so I can basically talk about anything. Um, it can be parent-related, it can be non-parent-related, anything that you want us to talk about, send me a little message and we will talk about it. And yeah, that is that is it for tonight. I'm so glad I finally got to sit down and record. I'm so glad that my children are asleep and it is only 8.52. So this is like, normally I'm still working on getting them to bed. Um... And I'm hoping with this sort of life change that Ian and I are looking sort of into, I'm hoping that that will give us, me, give us, well, yeah, I guess the cat moms too, will give us and me more time to focus on the podcast because I really love doing this and I really love talking to you guys and I love you all so much and I hope you guys are doing great and I hope that you guys keep supporting each other and you know what? When in doubt, just drink some goddamn wine and be a little freaky freak and talk to kids, parents at the birthday parties. All right. Love you guys. And I will talk to you soon. This has been the Cat Mum Podcast, and I have been your host, Maggie Samiklahey. Until next time, let's keep supporting other mums like drunk girls in a bar bathroom.